everybody, Tyler Smith here with another More Than One Lesson mini-sode. We are back in business. We have not done a Best of Pictures mini-sode in months. I feel like we have not done it since I started my, sec my, uh, my spring quarter. Because um, I think the last one we talked about was what, On the Waterfront? That's 54? Yes, On the Waterfront yeah. was the last one we talked about. That was a long time ago. That was a while ago. I don't um, even remember what we said. Oh, it was good. Uh, I think we came down pretty much in the middle. Okay. But, um, yeah, so, uh, oh, that's Josh Long. Uh, oh, yeah, he's yeah. He's back. That, that is, yes. And we haven't heard from Josh in a while either. It's been the Reed Show for the last uh, few weeks. I know. So. And this is my first time recording in the new More Than One Lesson Studios. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and uh, what do you think of it so far? Uh, it's it's looking pretty snazzy. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> I don't know when you plan on being a dad, but I'd say keep that word. <laughs> Snazzy sounds like something a dad would say. I mean, I did just go to that Eagles Steely Dan there Doobie Brothers concert the other day, so I'm I'm halfway there, I think. You know, it's the so important funny you say that. Like my yeah, my <laughs> my dad like there's only a there was a selection of CDs in his center console in his uh, Chevy Blazer mm -hmm. and the Eagles and Steely Dan, <laughs> like they're both in there, along yeah. with Billy Joel and uh, and some. Those aren't they're not bad. I no, don't mind. Oh no. You know, a little bit of Steely Dan goes a long way for me, and I don't like the Eagles that much either. That's fair. Um, but yeah, it's. Uh, <laughs> I feel like, are you an American father? How old are you? Here is your Steely Dan album and your and your best of the Eagles album with that cow skull or whatever on the cover. Um, yeah. Or a horse skull. I don't know. You know what I'm talking about, right? Oh, yeah. It's sort of like a turquoise color. and then it's, it's the one that's that. like the, it's a best of album, yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's, uh, so you went to see Eagles and Steely Dan. Which one did you go for? Uh, Doobie Brothers were there also. Oh, okay. But I was there kind of probably equal parts, Eagles sure. and Steely Dan. Sure. I do enjoy Steely Dan a lot. Uh, Jen and I went to the Hollywood Bowl yesterday oh, to yeah? see uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark with a live orchestra. Nice. And it was really fun. Here's what I'll say. I don't think I'm ever going to do that again. Oh, yeah? For a few reasons. One is <clears throat> there is a certain type of audience member in the world of Los Angeles repertory film, uh, especially okay. with something like Jurassic Park, Star Wars, sure. Jaws, as much as I love it, mm -hmm. uh, Aliens, uh, and Raiders of the Lost Ark, where it brings out people that, are, that think, oh boy, this sounds like fun, but, and there's something about the Hollywood Bowl that people just make more noise, and then there's, then there's the thing that gets me is like the laugh of familiarity. The, uh, you know, something happens and the guy behind is like, ha ha! <laughs> that every i don't know minute and a half just to kind of show like i know that things like yeah we all know that thing it's yeah. raiders of the lost That's ark we've all here. seen it yeah um, that uh so it's more that type of thing at the hollywood bowl is not i think it's that and also i'll be honest like i found myself getting wrapped up in the movie so much mm. and the orchestra was so good and so disciplined that i forgot that they were there oh really <laughs> you know like it feels like with a live performance there's going to be some level of variation but this mm -hmm. is a film score and it needs to time out just right yeah and it did yeah and there were times i was like oh yeah <laughs> i forgot they were there there's like one or two musical cues that in the uh in the mix of the original film um, 
clearly there was some synthesizer worked in, so they didn't have that. So I was like, oh, that's different. And that's the only thing. Everything else is pretty much the same. Everything pretty much the same. I'm glad I did it mm -hmm. because the music was a little bit boosted, so I did notice certain things. Okay. Um, but by and large, like I found, it really just felt like I had watched Raiders of the Lost Ark mm -hmm. with some noisy people <laughs> for a lot of money was was john williams there i know that he he was not he, okay no. i know he does those sometimes but yeah. more when they do like a big medley of a bunch of his stuff yes jen and i went to that as well and that was not fun either um, oh really for the was, same reason no this one was rough because it was a little pandery oh, because really? we it was supposed to be an evening with john williams here's mm -hmm. what it wound up being an evening of star wars music and occasionally a few other john williams things like hmm. it just kind of bothered me like i recognize that star wars is an, is an astonishing score yeah but at the same time right there's so many he's other done amazing ones that he's yeah. done like when with the encore he did like superman mm -hmm. and i think he did harry potter so it's like okay i like jurassic that. park no jurassic park really jen was furious that's that really surprises me yeah that seems like a misstep that's a i wasn't expecting jaws that's a that's kind of a quiet thing it yeah. may not lend itself to the venue jurassic yeah. park are you kidding me that's like big and epic and everything exactly everything about that says hollywood bowl people would be thrilled they yeah. would cheer so hard anyway look well, that's, I'll, I'll be at hollywood bowl tomorrow night to see bell and sebastian and spoon so which is a totally different type of thing but okay we'll see hopefully that goes well i think i've got good tickets i don't remember uh anytime they play a song you recognize you should go ha <laughs> um people like that i know so okay enough of that we've talked about nothing literally nothing just nothing for five at all. minutes this is what happens when you show up josh i know i just love just gabbing about nothing that, yep that's you that's what i do best so here's the deal uh I, it feels wrong given what we've just done to go into our sponsors because i'm sure they would not want to be responsible for what <laughs> had just happened here. speaking of nothing <laughs> yeah uh, but this, uh, this mini-sode is sponsored by Faith Life TV, which, and I've, I've been talking about it, but I'm going to be talking about Faith Life for about a year, uh, because that is what they're paid up for. Um, so Faith Life is a new streaming service that, as of right now, is actually in beta, and then it sounds like they're going to be launching in September, and it is just, it's a series of, uh, of various documentaries, various narrative films. There is a film called Wesley... Wesley starring who's, our own who's in that well a number of people but if you scroll oh. significantly down the cast you will find in the character in the role of David something German David Nietzschemann David Nietzschemann yeah. you will find our own Josh Long that's true I so. believe uh, I'm not in a scene with her but I believe I, I share a credit because of this film with June Lockhart that sounds right who yeah. was uh, famous for TV's Lassie that's right and uh and then uh, Kevin McCarthy is also uh, yeah. in the film, but mm -hmm. I don't think you share any scenes with him. I correct? don't know. Um, yeah, uh, so you can check out Wesley and uh, you know look at uh, look at jo a young Josh when he had aspirations to be an actor before mm -hmm. he wound up a mere podcaster <laughs> <laughs> doing um, a doing a German accent. That's, yeah, and you know it's a pretty good one. I'll be it's honest. It's not too bad. It's you know what? Here's the thing. Something that I've found with accents in general, they don't have to necessarily be great as long as they're consistent. Yeah. And your accent was consistent. I, it's I didn't been, watch the whole movie. I watched your that's scenes. That's fine. It's been years since I've seen it. I don't yeah. even remember uh, uh, 
too much about it, but it'd be interesting to go back and see it. And that's the other thing. It's like with an accent, there's also a cadence. Like you can't just do an American cadence, but with a German accent, you right. do need to change. You need, do need to change the way words come out. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you do. So uh, there were well, a lot of people apparently who tried out for the part who who didn't even try to do a German accent. And I think uh, the the German word for yes, ja, is peppered throughout the, the mm. script, and several people apparently came in and just said ja, and Casimir oh, was like, all right, next. Ja. Yeah, it's, uh, so, it's listeners, like none you of them sh- had ever seen a, a, a Sprocket sketch. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't thought of the, you know what, I, I haven't seen those in so long, and when I was a kid, I understood understood that it was weird and there was weird stuff in there. I think now I would have a much deeper appreciation for <laughs> those sketches. Um, but anyway, so sorry, faith life TV. Um, but Hey, you paid for this. You knew what you were getting into. Um, but yeah, so you can check out Wesley and you can check out a number of very interesting documentaries. Uh, some of them that go quite in depth into the Bible and theology. And, uh, it's, it's been quite an interesting resource for me, uh, as well. So, cause I have an account of my own. Um, and here's how you can get an account. Go to more than one lesson.com. Click on the faith life TV, uh, ad on the side. And if you go through there, then you get the first month free after that it's 4.99 a month and then uh once again really be paying attention in september and october because they'll be doing an official launch the site will look very different and they will be featuring uh, several new things so uh that's faith life tv uh and then we are also sponsored by digicycle me which is uh, a resource for people in ministry that are either just starting out a ministry or they've been in it for a while and it is getting uh a little bit uh tiresome so what digicycle does is they take on certain uh, logistical uh, aspects of your ministry. They've been helping more than one lesson and battleship pretension, which is not necessarily a ministry. I'm working on it, but it's not there yet. Um, with uh, social media stuff, uh, mm-hmm. because David and I run everything, and then here I run most things. Uh, and so to have someone else helping and providing some relief is very. Uh, well, helpful, I guess. Um, so, yeah, so check out uh, there's a there's a. Uh, a graphic on morethanonelesson.com that will take you to Digicycle Me and you can seek them out Hmm. and get their help. Okay. Now, 10 minutes in, let's actually talk about our film. It's been a while since we've done this. We got to get back into it. I don't remember how we do everything. We, We start out by saying whether it's good or not, right? We rate it on a scale of one to... Uh, it's one to 10 thumbs up. Okay. And then, or one thumb down. Okay. So we try to be really positive here. But uh, so we are talking about the best picture of 1953 from here to eternity directed by Fred Zinneman, who I'm familiar with primarily because he directed a man for all seasons. I did not realize that he was a two time best director winner. Yeah. Um, So the second, the first time being this film Uh, and I, so the film stars, among others, Burt Lancaster, Montgomery Cliff, Deborah Carr, Donna Reed, Frank Sinatra. There's Ernest Borgnine in there. And I just watched it a few days ago, um, and I really liked it. That's Part of me one. didn't expect to. Yeah. You know, we all, have, we all know the image from, right. from Here to Eternity, which is Burt Lancaster and Deborah Carr, like, 
making out on this beach as water runs over them, which by the way, I've been to beaches and I've made out. <laughs> I cannot imagine that was fun for those actors. I think it looks horrible. The only time that I was working on something where we had to shoot, uh, it, there wasn't a couple, but there was a girl on the beach for like a music video and the water was running up. And every time it came up, she was like, it's so cold. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that's, that seems kind of miserable. Although the Hawaii uh, waters are probably yes. a little bit warmer than yes. Palos Verdes, but, but still they're lying down and they're kissing and then the water runs over them. I have to assume like some of it went up their nose. Oh yeah. Like you yeah. got sand, you got yeah. uh, little creatures. Yeah. No, thank you. Um, but that is the image and it's a very, it's kind of a melodramatic image. And so mm. that's what I thought the movie was. And it is not that the it's characters shortly after that scene have a big argument. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, uh, it's hard to describe what this film is about. It's, there's it's about relationships. Yeah. yeah. It's not quite so operatic. Certain, t- certainly tonally it is not, but the idea of like, it's essentially this, it's almost like a soap opera that takes place on an army base in Hawaii shortly before Pearl Harbor. Yeah. Because everybody's kind of related to one another, but everyone has their own thing going. Right. So I don't know. It's, but I like it. I like it a lot. I don't mean to speak ill of it when I say no, that. no, it's, it's a good, like, it's a good character piece in that, that it has, uh, it has several characters that have major things going on with them. You know, it's not just there's Bert Lancaster and Deborah Carr and then everybody else are kind of peripheral. Right. Um, which is again, what that image that everyone's familiar with seems to, uh, suggest, but, um, but yeah, there's a lot of different storylines and a lot of different character arcs going on. Um, I, I'm trying, I'm trying to think if I would describe the film as like a character study first and foremost, I can't decide. It's tough because it is a, it's, when I think of a character study, I tend to think of one, maybe two right. characters. Yeah. But this is a small ensemble. There yeah. are, I'd say there are six. There are six characters. There are, there are probably three leads and then three supporting, but they're all very important. Yeah. And we check in with them from time to time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I have a hard time saying it's a character study, but that if you want to look at it a certain way, nothing happens. And that tends to be a characteristic right. like of it's, character. It's studies. not v- super plot heavy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know it, it is. And for something in 1953 to win best picture and not be super plot heavy is kind of right. surprising. Yeah. And it's, and it's also, you know, we, we've talked in the past about what makes for a best picture mm-hmm. and there's a certain grandiosity, mm-hmm. uh, and, from here to eternity doesn't have that. Like I assumed knowing that, oh, okay, world war two era, Hawaii, Pearl Harbor is coming up. I assumed that would happen about halfway through and there would be, we'd be treated to like this, this big sequence or something like that. No, it happens at the end and it's characters that are not on the actual ships in the, in the Harbor. Mm-hmm. They are at this army base and they're trying to figure out what's happening and what they can do to stop it. Yeah. And, it's just such an interesting, I haven't read the, I haven't read the novel, uh, by James Jones, but it's just such an interesting story or a series of stories to tell and it moves well. And I'm, that's one of the positives about an ensemble, especially if it's a good ensemble is that by jumping from one person to another, it never feels dull. It never mm-hmm. feels, uh, like it's just staying in one place. 
Uh, and, and I like pretty much all of these performers. I like yeah. Burt Lancaster. I, I like Montgomery Cliff. I'm a big fan of Deborah Carr. Uh, I only have one association with Donna Reed, which is the Donna Reed show. And it is not this, uh, type <laughs> of character. Um, Wait, isn't Donna Reed uh, Mary Bailey, too, from uh, is she? It's a Wonderful Life? Okay, all right, yes, I think that is right. Um, but she's also not this, that, in this right. way. Yeah, <laughs> she's essentially a prostitute in yeah. this. Um, and, it's a re- and I knew that Donna Reed had one supporting actress for it, but I was curious to know mm. what it would be like, and then you realize, oh, yeah, as you actors think- act. <laughs> I forgot. I wonder if it was because one of the reasons it was the win was because it was playing against type so much for her. Um, now here's where things get a little iffy in talking about the, uh, in talking about the ensemble. Frank Sinatra is good at times. Very good, but I still, it just doesn't feel a hundred percent. He does feel like he stands out a little bit. And it's not because it's, it is, I don't think for me it's because it's Frank Sinatra because I don't have that much association with him as a, an on-screen presence. Sure. Um, and it's a, you know, he won supporting actor for this film. And like I said, it's a good, sometimes very good performance, but I feel like there are any, it, it's, this sounds mean, it feels like there are any number of character actors working at the time that could have done more with that part. And I say that as someone uh, who, who thinks that he, he did a good job with it, yeah. but it's just, I feel like he didn't quite make it his own. And to the degree that he did make it his own, he made it Frank Sinatra. Yeah. And it just doesn't 100% work for he me. He does feel like he stands out a little bit there, but it could have been that, especially at the time, people saw that as a good thing. I almost see him in this, the way that... <laughs> the way that I sort of see Elvis in Elvis movies. Sure. Cause I've seen a few, not many, but in all of the Elvis movies, it, he tends to a lot of the time have this naturalism to him because he doesn't know how to act. Sure. (laughs) And when he's playing up against people, especially in the fifties who were, you know, most, a lot of the fifties fair was melodrama or, Mm -hmm. or, you know, kind of a bigger acting, very signifier acting. Um, he, he seems different and sometimes even seems better. Yeah. But sometimes just does not at all. Yeah. And in, in a similar way, I think Frank Sinatra is kind of just being Frank Sinatra. And at times that works out great because it comes off so natural. Yeah. But at other times, uh, I think he, I think there are times when he benefits from the, class of actor that is working around him and Mm. other times i think he stands out because he is not as good an actor as burt lancaster or montgomery clift and i I can't it's been a little while since i've seen the movie so i can't immediately conjure up what the scenes feel like that have frank's not to end burt lancaster in them but you know thinking of the burt lancaster of uh like 20,000 leagues under the sea. That's, or, Kirk, that's oh, Kirk Douglas. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wait, are you sure? Yeah. Kirk Douglas is in 20,000 leagues under the sea along with James Mason. Oh, I'm thinking of the Crimson Pirate, I'll bet. Oh, Crimson. That oh yes, yes. That's okay, what it there is. We go. I knew there was another one that I liked yeah. when I was a kid. But like uh, that and um, what's the one with him and Tony Curtis? I can't think of the name right Sweet now. Smell Sweet Smell of success. success. Like yeah. that, that actor alongside Frank Sinatra feels like they... they 
couldn't be the same movie. And Elmer Gantry. Like, it's, yeah, Burt yeah, Lancaster yeah. is a very specific on-screen presence, and it feels like, you know, Frank Sinatra as a cultural presence is larger than life. Yeah. You know, to the point that if you say Frank, there are people that will know that you mean Sinatra. <laughs> and yet, on-screen, I feel like, I feel like he's often just dwarfed. Yeah. He doesn't have a screen presence yet. And I say sometimes physically too, because he's a surprisingly skinny guy. Yeah. And when he's up against, again, Burt Lancaster or uh, Ernest Borgnine or something, he looks like a tiny little man. Yeah. It's, uh, and I will say that I do enjoy Otto Preminger's the man with the golden arm for, uh, for which, uh, Frank Sinatra was nominated for best actor. And I think that is a, very good performance. I'd say that's a great performance, but it's also, it's been a few years and he is a more experienced actor by then yes. and knows what to do on screen. And he's worth working with Otto Preminger, who I think maybe had a, a better idea of what he wanted from him. No offense to offense to Fred Zinnemann, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so yeah. that's a, that's a thing that kind of bothered me as I was watching it. Um, and maybe I was paying close att- specifically close attention to him, uh, waiting for him to wow me because I knew he had won uh, an Oscar for it. Um, and again, not a bad performance at all. Um, just not necessarily always the same caliber as the people he's sharing the screen with. Yeah, no, I, I would agree. So um, do you like uh, From Here to Eternity? I know it's been a while since you've seen it. I do. I okay. do. Yeah, I, I... I'm trying to think what are the things that I like the most about it. I don't know. I think it goes against a little bit what you're going to expect, um, especially yeah. when you know that it involves Pearl Harbor, especially when you know, like it's a war movie in a way. Yeah. And, Cause I, I generally am not really a fan of war movies. Yeah. Um, still haven't seen Dunkirk by the way, in case anyone was keeping track from my last episode. I haven't seen it either. I need to see it. Um, but, uh, especially in the sense, I don't know if this was the case as much back then, but I feel like later on war movies just kind of became slasher movies where the enemy was the killer. <laughs> yeah. Kind of. It's just sort of, they get picked off one by became, one and, and it becomes more of an endurance test over the years. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, that's one reason I'm, I generally, I'm not a huge fan of those, but, uh, this one bucks a lot of the expectations that you have yeah. for it, which is, which I think is in its favor. Yeah. It's, you know, I'm curious to know what audiences at the time expected. Mm. I know what I expected and mm-hmm. it definitely, uh, subverted my expectations. And I, and maybe people at the time had a very different expectation because it was based on a popular book. So I'm sure yeah. people were just excited to see an adaptation of that. Well, and if you think of like the timing of it too, by 1953, people are a little bit of a distance from the war mm-hmm. and most of your audiences have a direct experience of the war if they weren't fighting in it themselves they they knew people who who were certainly um so it might have been uh having something that that's not negative about the armed forces but isn't so maybe patriotic and flag waving you know that's so yeah talks a little bit about like the loss of individuality that happens in the army and some uh some of the other negative things that are just inherently part of being in the military might have been a draw for people then that's true that's actually a very interesting way of looking at it because and some people i i wonder who were not in the military 
saw it, uh, could have seen it as a, an interesting view behind the scenes because yeah. there's also a lot of political jockeying for like, right. oh, I if I do this, I'll definitely get a promotion, and so I need to put pressure on these like stuff right. that has nothing to do with what we think of as the army. And if those were audiences that were coming off of seeing like Audie Murphy stuff, you know, yeah. that's it's a totally different type of movie about war. Yeah, this this feels like it could exist in the same universe as the best years of our lives. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you see kind of a before and an after. In fact, actually, I think that'd be a really interesting compare and contrast. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and then maybe a specific war movie of the time, not made during the war, but made a few years after the war. Like, I don't know. It's uh, an interesting triple feature that showed like before, during and after, yeah. and it's all quite harrowing. <laughs> um, so, okay. So the film won best picture director, supporting actor for Frank Sinatra, supporting actress for Donna Reed, best screenplay, cinematography, sound and editing. It was nominated uh, for best actor for Montgomery Clift and Burt Lancaster. Mm. Uh, uh, Deborah Carr was nominated for actress and then it was up for costume design and music. Um, so one, does that eight wins? Uh, is that what it, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Yes. That might've been the m most at the time. I don't know. Hang on. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. There, uh, I mean, by the fifties, you do get movies that like start to sweep. Yeah. But I, like, feel like I think Gigi won eight, which is mind boggling yeah. to me. And then Ben Hur was 11. So that right. would have, that held the record for a long time. But at this point, eight might've been the most, I'm not sure. Yeah. Like looking at these other, uh, like, cause we've, we have information for like 52 and 51 as well. And 51 is an American in Paris, which is a, a big musical. Mm -hmm. Uh, and it won, it looks like a one seven. Okay. Yeah. And so, uh, and I'm trying to think, and you would know more than I would like some of the other big Oscar winners before this, but uh, yeah, I don't think they have this, the kind of support. I, I, none come to mind immediately, but maybe I'll look that up. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, I don't necessarily take issue with any of these. I don't think, I'll be honest, I don't think the cinematography is particularly amazing. Um, but, you know, I, I also don't have an immediate association with other films of that year. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what I, I don't know what else it was, it was yeah. up against. Yeah, that's true. Um, and then I have a, I have an instinct where the idea of best editing it feels like, okay, what's the flashiest editing or like, Oh, there's an action movie or something like that. Something mm -hmm. that requires like quick cuts to build a, a larger tone. Or if it's just long sometimes. Yeah. Isn't that strange? <laughs> um, but I did just say that this film cut it, it flows and it moves along at a pretty good clip and it's covering a lot of characters that, that is also a, a an element of the editing and making sure that the audience is always able to keep up with who's doing what and that they're not getting bored by focusing on it one thing for too long. So mm -hmm. yeah, I guess, I guess, uh, best editing makes sense, even though it doesn't fit in with what we often associate with like a yeah. best editing, uh, Oscar. So looking at the other best picture nominees, I've only seen one of them. Uh, there's Julius Caesar, the robe, Roman holiday and Shane. I've only seen Shane. You haven't seen Roman holiday. I have not. Hmm. I've seen all those except the robe. Okay. 
Uh, I like that Julius Caesar. Uh, it's a pretty good one. James, Which one is it? Uh, James Mason plays Brutus and okay. somebody, I feel like somebody big plays Mark Anthony and I can't think of who it is. Tony Curtis. <laughs> Tony Curtis is, uh, you know, that might've happened at some point. <laughs> you know, it occurs to me. It's like, well, he was in Spartacus. <laughs> I started um, laughing at it and I was like, that, that yeah. actually isn't too far off. Um, we live in a world where John Wayne was once cast as Genghis Khan. <laughs> like <laughs> everything can happen. The, of all possible worlds. That's the one we got. Yeah. Um, uh, Suddenly modern politics doesn't look so weird. <laughs> Uh, Roman holiday is, it's fine. Mm -hmm. It's, uh, I feel like it has the, 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 uh, following that it does solely because of Audrey Hepburn as a princess. Mm. Um, and she's good in it, but I, I, I don't love Gregory Peck's performance in it. He feels a little bit out of place. I think interesting, not that he gives a bad performance, but, uh, he's such a serious actor it's An argument can be made that he is the type of actor that needs to be used well. Yes. You know, like, he knows what he's going to do, mm -hmm. and so the director has to understand what they are getting when they cast Gregory Peck. Yeah. Um, he is very serious, yes. So for him to be kind of like a being a little bit happy-go-lucky with this, uh, you know, princess who's trying to escape the strictures of, strictures of, uh, of uh, royalty for a couple days um he doesn't i don't know it's it's a weird i feel like he doesn't totally fit it to me um and i don't like shane that much either i don't love it i i like it um but i also uh, i saw it when i was in high school i feel like if i were to watch it again it's possible i will like it less or much more it's so. possible it, it's been a while since i've seen it but i feel like the only thing i can remember about it is Alan Ladd being almost too good in it and that annoying little kid who I yells I don't find Shane. Him, I don't find him that annoying. Really? I don't find him endearing. I just find no. him kind of neutral. Like As just a child. A, a, just what a kid is. Oh, I, I didn't like him. Um, and yeah, there is the possibility. And that's actually something that I feel like about Montgomery Clift in uh, From Here to Eternity is that mm -hmm. thankfully the actor layers on enough uh, idiosyncrasies in the performance that the character feels real. But when you think about what he does, that he was, uh, he was such a great boxer that he actually blinded a guy once and then he doesn't want to box anymore. And then people are trying to recruit him because he will win them. Uh, he will win like the army boxing championship or whatever. Uh, and then he is a bugler, but he's this and he's also this amazing bugler. And then, when the uh, the captain of the of the army base when he decides that he's going to like really put the screws to Montgomery Cliff Montgomery Cliff just does it and still doesn't lose his love for the army like he <laughs> just he he is he seems a little bit flawless he seems a little <laughs> bit perfect but i but that's something i only realized later like as far as in the moment, he feels like a person you would probably know. Hmm. Um, and I think that has to do with the type of actor that Montgomery Clift was. Yeah. Um, hmm. And when I say like layering on idiosyncrasies, I don't mean that he's just like adding all these ticks or anything. He's just <laughs> specifying the character. Mm, yeah. Um, and so, uh, so, okay. I looked it up also. There was one film before this that won eight 
I should have thought of what it is. Do you want to guess or should I tell you? Let's see here. Was it? You can play along at home. Oh, is it Gone with the Wind? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Of course. What am I? What's wrong with me? Yeah. I should have thought of that. Um, but that was the only other one. So this yeah. was this tied the the record for the most at the time. Okay. Um, and very different films, very different scale of films. Isn't that interesting? Um, okay. So other, I'll say this other notable 1953 releases, there are some great ones in here, but when we think of best pictures and best pictures of the 1950s, I can understand why maybe they were not included. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, so I, I will go out of my way and say that The 5,000 Fingers of Dr. T is amazing. <laughs> have you ever seen it? I have not, no. It's great. Uh, it's I don't like even weird, really know what it is. It's this weird Dr. Seuss-produced thing that stars Hans Conrad, if you know who that is. Yeah, yeah. Um, as this malicious, <laughs> this malicious and, and eccentric mad scientist who like steals kids so that they can play, so that he has a bunch of kids playing on this 5,000 key piano. What? Why he wants to do that, I don't recall. But it's very strange, and I kind of love it. Um, and then there's uh, the earrings of Madame Day. There's the big heat. I've never seen Gentlemen Prefer Blondes. I haven't um, either, actually. There's uh, Stalag 17. There's Tokyo Story. There's The Wages of Fear. There's uh, Ugetsu. And I'd say my my favorite of all of these is Tokyo Story. Um, yeah. And with Wages of Fear uh, probably right behind. Um, yeah. I do like the earrings of Madame Day as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there are there are some good things here. And I do think Tokyo are. Story got some Oscar recognition. But I, even now, it's not a guarantee that a great foreign film we could be nominated for right. a picture. And yeah, I think one coming out of Japan in the 1950s is... Um, yeah. That would be a surprise for it to... No, we prefer to give Best Picture to the one where the Japanese blew up our main characters. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, so I think I think it's that. But if it were up to me, I think... And I people do remember From Here to Eternity, and rightfully so. It's yeah. a great film. But I think among film students, uh, I think Tokyo Story is the... the cast the, the longer shadow probably and I, a lot of these other ones too i think are great ones that are getting more recognition within yeah. the film sort of like wages of fear is one of those for me i think that's a it's, fantastic it's movie great. pick up on south street I, li- I like a lot that was my introduction to uh to sam fuller i believe i own it yeah but i have not yet watched it i think i just it kind of found its way into my collection somehow hmm. i stole it is what i'm saying that is a um but yeah, have you ever seen one. the big heat I can't remember which one that is. Is that a Cagney movie or is that no? A- it's uh, Glenn Ford, I believe, and it's directed by Fritz Lang, and it's great. It is a it I has a very specific that. type of intensity, and it's a lesser known film noir, but it deserves to be hmm. I, not rediscovered. People know about it. I mean, I saw it because I had heard good things about it, but it's it's a very interesting. I won't even go into detail about what makes it interesting, but okay. it's, it is particularly fatalistic in a very specific way. I think I I have trouble remembering whether or not uh it's uh white heat or the big sleep and it's yeah. neither of those <laughs> oh it's a remake of both <laughs> okay just yeah put them together exactly um, um also i uh was looking up the julius caesar just because i was curious about it brando plays mark antony in that yeah one. i knew that brando was in a uh was in a julius caesar but this seemed i don't know this seemed uh early but i guess he, his heyday was the the early 50s yeah. i mean he did other stuff as well but and john gilgood plays cassius so okay. it's good 
Yeah, pretty solid cast. Deborah Carr's in this one also, actually. She plays Portia. She gets around, that Deborah Carr. <laughs> she played three roles in uh, Life and Death of Colonel Blimp. Um, oh, that's right, yeah. Okay, so I think we will go ahead and, and leave it there. Um, I'll ask you what I what I always do, although I, I think I know the answer on this one. Um, if somebody said, hey, I was thinking of watching From Here to Eternity, you would not warn them away. You would say, absolutely. Yeah, no, I'd say I'd say it's great. And of the ones that were nominated, I think I might like it best. I do like that version of Caesar, but mm. I think I, I might like From Here to Eternity better. And I've heard good things about The Robe, but I, I have not seen it. Yeah, and it's and that kind of biblical epic type of thing yeah what i hear i can't speak um, to that one but uh but yeah and and i would say that even if someone didn't come up and say hey i'm thinking of watching this i think i would recommend to you the listener that uh check it out it's yeah. it is a very very good movie yeah. occasionally great i was very happy that i watched it so mm. and uh you know another big cultural milestone checked off uh <laughs> for old tyler smith which is very exciting so anyway uh okay so I don't know what we're going to be talking about next week. It might be another Minnesota. It might be a full episode. I don't know. But uh, but be sure to come back to morethanonelesson.com next week or check us out on iTunes. And uh, you can email me, Tyler, at morethanonelesson.com. You can email Josh, Josh, at morethanonelesson.com. And I think that is it. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Josh, thanks for being here. You're welcome. And we'll get you next time. Bye. Bye.